Hello. Hello. Oh, hey. This Beth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's things going? Eh, not too bad. I ended up having to stay over from work a little bit, but other than that, though, pretty good. Right. Okay, so. Um, however you want to start it off, that, that's good with me. Like, if you want to go from, because you, you've known, what, Chad since you were little? Yeah, um, about five years old. That would be, what, 80? Um, we, well, we actually moved back from Texas in 1989, 90. We moved back from Texas, me and my mom and my brother. That's when we lived on Davis Street, right off Park Street, mm-hmm. where Chad came to my grandma's at. We just was neighborhood kids. I mean, we just, they, they wanted to hang out with my brother because I was like the only girl. So you think, that's why, than that. you think that's why he came to you in 2002? Well, yeah, he came to my grandma's six months prior to all that. To him shaping from that jail and stuff. Mm-hmm. He came six months prior, him and Veronica and that little boy Miles came to my grandma's, and me and my cousin, Woody, and Christy took Chad on. I don't know what he was actually doing, but in the end, we had, we ended up in Chicago, and we had to come back and leave Chad up in Indiana. We didn't even know he lived up there, but that's where he went because we got lost and ended up in Chicago. And he ran from us or whatever because he was going to give us some gas money for taking him up there. Mm-hmm. This is after he left my grandma's and he came back and we had taken him up there to find Veronica and little Miles. But after that, it was, it was I'm getting here from him again, crossing so in front of my house and something in my car. The groom got, groom got you. I'm trying to think. He was, I think he was arrested in August, I think, if I remember correctly, when he went to, uh, in Kentucky, got a, went to there, and then he got moved with Brandon in October, about, might as well say, a month before they broke out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from my understanding, that's what happened, yeah. but... October 3rd, 4th is when he got moved in with Brandon, and, and then they broke out a month later. Because the way he yeah. Brandon said was that Chad kind of um, lied to him about, like, having money and cars and stuff outside. Yeah, that's what he, that's what he, you know, my, his wife, when we was giving him a ride, he had, he had some money and checks and a VCR, you know, the old VCRs. Mm-hmm. But we got to that trailer and nobody was there. It looked like it's been abandoned, but for a good while. That's before he got, he broke out of prison and all that, or jail, or wherever he was. Mm-hmm. And I really did think, you know, my whole family thought that, you know, he literally actually got his life together when we seen him the first time six months prior to all this, all that happening back then. We was actually proud of him. I mean, until everything else come out. Yeah, from everything I've read, he's been the type that would uh, pretty much, if he wanted you to believe it, you he would make you believe it type thing. Like he was that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we really thought little Miles was his, his his child by blood, and come to find out that wasn't even true. Mm-hmm. Because during prep. For the trials when I was in South Carolina, mm-hmm. it was, um, you know, they brought up things that it, it just makes me cringe because I remember sitting at the table, this big old oval table, and it was in South Carolina. We was, um, me and Stacy were getting prepped. More so I was, I guess, um, because they, I wasn't going to testify. I really wasn't. Because I really didn't know the, the, I didn't know nothing. You know, I didn't know what was going on. All I knew was I had to go back to prison. And in 2004, that's when they came and got me at Lake, and, and you know, they flew me around 
state to state, I guess, for safety procedures because it was federal, you know, and finally we got to our destination, which was Columbia, South Carolina at Lexington County Jail, and that's when Mr. Uh, Jeff Brenning and a couple other prep lawyers and, you know, they had teams of people that would work with you, you know, when you in a situation like that, I reckon that's how they did me. And we was at that jail for a good six, seven months in South Carolina, but my time still counted as state too, because I wasn't, I was a federal inmate, but I wasn't like charged with a federal charge. Mm-hmm. I was testifying in, a, in their case. And after all said and done, when I told him I wasn't going to testify, the only thing that really changed my mind was they sent me back to that jail and I was remembering the autopsy of a baby mm-hmm. that um, that they threw in front of my face. And after watching all the you know security footage of him, them kidnapping Alice, them kidnapping Samantha, and them at the ATMs, I, I seen it all on video when they was prepping me, you know. And I seen in one in one of the security videos it was um they were still in Samantha's car and they was dressed in camouflage and, you know, they was not noticeable on the video surveillance. But somebody had popped up in the back and just laid back down. I remember that. Um, that was one reason what changed my mind. I know somebody was in that back seat at the ATM. You know, I know. I just seen it. We all seen it. And, um, there was a lot that wasn't mentioned, too, when all this stuff had broke loose. Because when Chad had left my house and that was, and I watched the news at 12, or 11, was it 12? Yeah, 12 o'clock news. I'm the one that called the law. I'm the one that went to my neighbors. I didn't have any phone. I went, ran down to my neighbors, and I'm the one that called the police. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, my whole house is, like, covered in FBI agents. I mean, they was on lockdown for a good two or three days because Chad wasn't caught until, I think, two days later in Indiana. Yeah. He might have been... Yeah, it was around because I knew they spotted him, I think, in Ohio. Yeah, at a rest area. That's when it was on CNN. Yeah, and then they That's when it was off. Yeah. During that time, during that time where they seen one news on the news footage, Mm -hmm. during that time, I was on lockdown at my grandma's house. There was FBI agents everywhere. Just until he got, because he was supposed to come back to my house. He was later on when we were sitting there after all said and done, we were sitting there and I told Chad, I, I really didn't want to get high no more. You know, mm-hmm. this was right before he left my house and I, you know, I couldn't breathe. And that was like literally the first time I ever smoked crack in my life. And I got addicted to it after that. I smoked it for three months after that, you know, and Chad had two knives, clapping them together, like sharpening them together and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me, he, t- he told me, he basically, he said, don't tell the police I was ever here. And not me, I was, I was, I agreed. I was like, hey, he wasn't here, dude. I said, what's really going on? And he would, he didn't tell me what happened. Nobody told me what happened. And what was not mentioned was, but Brandon was going to tell me what happened. He was going to tell me in the bathroom, he grabbed me by the shoulders and he said, I really need to tell you something. And then by that time, Chad came in the bathroom and told Brandon, because at my house, they would leave for a couple hours. They would come, come and go, come and go, come and go, come and go. And it went on like that ever since they were there. So there's like that first and second night. And I don't know where they went, you know. And when you smoke crack, I know people, if they ever smoke crack, you're paranoid anyways. And that's, I think that's one of the side effects that I don't, I didn't like, the paranoia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought it was normal for people to be paranoid, especially 
when I'm around people and I wasn't just around Chad and Brandon, there was more people in my house. There was several friends, there was a couple drug dealers and, you know, the, you know, the paranoia set in and that's when they literally was begging me and Stacy to go to this bike rally. They, they begged us to go to this bike rally the whole time they was there and I was getting aggravated. I, I said, I can't do that because my mom would have whipped my ass basically. She would have. And, you know, I had kids to think about so I didn't go. So they would, it was a hill. They, when the BMW was setting in for my house, they didn't want to park on the hill. So from my, I had, uh, I had a, Two living rooms. When you first walk in that house, there was like a, a plant room, and then there was a, just a living room, and the kitchen, and then the, you go on back, and there was a big, big living room. Well, I had sat there, and there was big picture windows, and they literally parked that BMW on the next street, but out my picture window in the first living room, you could see where they parked. You could see that car, and they were standing there a good five, ten minutes at that window talking. And I was in my kitchen and, you know, we was just drinking and playing cards and that's all we did was just drink and play cards and go get that. When we smoked it and we, we smoked crack, it, they was looking for meth. I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where to get that kind of drug. I didn't know, all I knew was I can get some cocaine. I never had to smoke crack, but kind of found out we, Nobody had no powder, so we went ahead and bought the crack. That's where the crack come in. And they had the money bag, a black bag. And I testified to this. Had a black bag. Um, it was basically full money. And I asked them, I said, damn, what'd y'all do, Robert Bank? You know? And they just started laughing. And they put that money in the trunk of the BMW. So the... There was a lot of things that wasn't mentioned. Like I did do a news interview with Channel Three News. Mm-hmm. Right after I called the law, I did that interview. Like three days later, and it was in that house that I lived in, and it was Channel News Three, and it was a good, a good thirty minutes on that interview. Then America's Most Wanted it put my house in their show because that's where Chad Nim was at the end of their crime spree. I don't know if you remember that. Then my mom, she did an interview. And I, I still can't find those, those interviews. I've tried. And <laughs> other than that, you know, I'll be honest, the Huntington Police Department, all of the agents in the Huntington, they really thought I knew where this Smith Burns was. They really did. They thought I was involved. They they bugged me in prison. They <laughs> basically harassed me. I mean, I had to take a lot of Tetris test, uh, probably 19 times, okay? 19 times I took a lot of Tetris test. That was just in prison. Not only after I had my child, when I went to prison, and I'll come, I had to testify to this too. When I went to prison, I was pregnant. With my son Brandon, <laughs> and I'll be honest, I was already pregnant. Uh, you know, everybody thought that was Brandon, Brandon Basham's child. No, it wasn't. I was on the depot, and you know, I had my menstrual like regular. I only weighed about seven, 117 pounds. I thought, you know, I didn't know I was pregnant. But there at the end, before I did. When Chad and him was there, I knew I was pregnant. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I knew I was pregnant. I was still smoking crack, and it, it led up to me to prison because my probation officer knew I was pregnant, and I was still smoking crack. So I did, you know, go go to prison for that. For you know, violating like my probation. That's the that's why I went to prison for a charge of forgery of a credit card, two counts, and. I spent five years in prison for that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't come to find out when I got released in 2008 
a team of lawyers met me up here in Beckley. I didn't know what for. You know, I just didn't wanted to all be over. You know, it didn't end there. <laughs> it didn't end there. None of the, you know, like I said, Huntington, people really thought I knew something. They really thought I knew it. And in 2003, I went to the mother program here in Beckley. And the first team of lawyers or um, I think it was the prosecuting attorney team, they offered me immunity in 2003. And I, had my, I don't even know what immunity is. I did not know what it was. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I was like, isn't that like when you're trying to cover your own ass but you, you know something? And basically they told me what it was and what it meant. And I was like, I don't need it. I don't need immunity. And I said, I really don't know where they put these this girl. And I didn't know anything about what they had done. I really was oblivious to it all. Or I was just a dumbass and didn't pay attention to it. Because there was there's times that I felt I should lie and be like, hey, I do know something, you know, because it was so overwhelming when the, the detectives were coming to talk to me or coming, you know, especially in prison. It was really, really tough because, you know, I was like, did I miss something? Was I so high that I didn't realize anything that was going on around me? You know, everything has gone through my head. Like, did I forget something? Did I really see something? You know, they almost had me tripped up there for a minute. When I was sitting in that little tiny room, no bigger than a bathroom, and getting given lie detectors tests, like they would come every three months, all through my prison time, and they would always keep me in this little little room, and there was like four of them, like literally bashing at me, like where is she at? Where is she at? Where is she at? And there was a time and point in time I was going to lie and be like, look, okay, I know something, just for them to leave me alone. And I never did because I knew if I would do that, that would be a whole new ball game, you know. And and I didn't, and I didn't know nothing. But it, it came to a point where I almost lied and told them, "Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know where. I know. I know where she's at." You know, because they was trying to tell me they were. This is the time I think when Trina or not. I don't know why some little boy's name, but um, when Chad had told them they was out to my mom's house. But they put some ants out to my mom's house. Well, I didn't even know nothing about that until the detectives come to my mom's and they was going to dig up her yard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got to digging, but they didn't finish because <clears throat> that wasn't happening. Because when when I wrote I read some statements that Chad and Brandon who wrote to South Carolina their attorneys and stuff. This was during prep. The when they was going to kill me and Stacy, they was really wanting to kill me. Okay, Chad was going to kill me. Chad was going to kill me. Chad was going to pull the bullet in my head. Took that bullet in my head. And the night that they was going to do that, literally, I, I don't know why they didn't kill me because I whenever we. They didn't want to be at my house anymore. That's when they were supposed to go on this bike rally. I know I'm just, like, scattered everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to rent this motel room, and I, my ID was expired. And that's when the night they was going to kill me. That's the night in the South Point uh, over in Burlington. I tried to rent a motel room, and then my ID was expired. And that was the night Chad, and Chad was literally going to kill me. That's what I read. And when I said I wasn't going to testify, that's what really made me want to testify was when I read that. Because I read everything that they put. I read before anybody knew that, like, they they took some things off to my mother's. Chad had already wrote all this stuff to the te- detectives, okay? That's what made them look at me. Like, she really knows. Where, why would a guy on death row be saying she knows these things, you know? Yeah. Why? And I even, I, I, that blew me away. I mean, uh, I'm just like, why would he be saying these things? And the only thing I could come up with is <sighs> where I went and date him. 
when I was a teenager? I don't know. I wouldn't date the boy. Uh, he kissed me one time on my cheek, and you know, and he was always mad at me about that. He killed my cat because I wouldn't date him. You know, in front of me, he killed my cat. <laughs> and there, and when he, when Chad wrote, literally wrote to Jeff Bernie, Brandon uh, just agreed. You know, in the same words, they both agreed that they was going to kill me. They was going to kill me and Stacey. If Stacey was with me, they was going to kill her too. And well, that it didn't work out like that apparently because the ID was expired. I had to. We all went back to my house, and that's when they left. That's when Brandon got arrested. Okay, that's the same night from early morning, whenever. That's when Brandon got arrested. I didn't even know his name was Brandon. I thought it was Tom. Literally, I called this boy Tommy. And uh, I already knew Chad, so he couldn't change his name, you know. So about naming my son Brandon, I didn't name my son Brandon. My daughter did. You know, my daughter, I was at Pruning Town, and, you know, I was going to name him Jonathan Ryan Scott because mm -hmm. all my kids have three names. I had to testify this. I'm trying to give you everything that I, I know, like literally, because mm -hmm. in my little story that I wrote it, you know, I, I didn't even mention the news briefing that I had, you know? Yeah. And during prep, you know, I like the courtroom scuffle. Remember that reading something about that? They didn't put everything in there oh, yeah, about yeah, the courtroom uh, scuffle. Is that the Brandon with the U.S. Marshal? Yeah. yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Well, that courtroom scuffle was about me mm -hmm. because I had testified right after that court. Of that courtroom scuffle because the courtroom scuffle was like Brandon started running out. He ran after me. Like I was walking, like I walked right in front of him, right in front of all the evidence of two tables with gas cans and the camouflage and the, just everything that they had the, the tide washing detergent. You know, that was Alice Donovan's. That some of that stuff was Alice when she went shopping. That was, it was still in the car. You know, right before they did. Kidnapped her. I didn't know these things until I was getting prepped for trial. And finally, I figured out, you know, some things I'm still scattered, real scattered on. And, you know, uh, it's been so many years. I don't, I haven't forgotten nothing. And it, it still makes me nervous. It still makes me nervous. And it still aggravates me when people, like, judge me. And because, to be honest, I... I wish I would have never testified. I wish I would have never even called the law. I, I do. That's how I feel because it's been hell. It's been hell living, thinking this would be Samantha Burns' parents thinks I know where her, their daughter is. It's been hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like the podcast they did. You know, my reputation is not ruined. It's not ruined because. I thought I did the right thing by testifying on everything I knew, not lying for Chad and not lying for Brandon. And I didn't lie for nobody. You know, I, I thought I was really doing the right thing. I was called snitch the whole time I was in prison for testifying. And I always looked at these people and I always told them, what if it was your mother? What if it was your daughter? What if it was your, your child? You know, mm -hmm. you, I had a really hard time. That's what people really don't understand is it's not about me. It was never about me. You know, but being a star witness and being looked at as an accuser too, like I knew something and I just wanted to time off my sentence or I didn't get shit off my sentence. I did literally almost six years and two years parole. And, you know, that team of lawyers I was talking about, they wanted me to sue the DOC. They wanted me to sue the city of Huntington. They wanted me to sue the Department of Corrections. They wanted me to sue anybody that ever crossed my, my crossed me wrong because, and I turned them all down. I literally turned this team of lawyers down. They wanted me to sue because you know why they kept me in prison? I'll tell you why. All four, all four times that they gave me setups and flats is because I had two murderers in my home. That's why I had to stay in prison for so long. 
And when I looked at that, that's when I, I wish I would have never testified because, because they didn't offer me nothing. I didn't even ask for nothing. I didn't, I thought I was doing the right thing. And, and 17 years later, I still feel, I still feel, I know I did the right thing, but I, I still feel like I shouldn't have even come forward about anything, like calling the law or anything like that, because I'm still looked at like I'm a suspect in everything because of Chad, because of what Chad is saying, because of what he has told him. And from my understanding, Chad has literally gave them, when in 2010, when Brandon was on video and I was with Todd and I was with Tessa and I had to go and do these routes not, I think it was 2010. Yeah, that was the last time I've, I've, I've ever, ever was threatened by, by anybody, by the law enforcement, mm -hmm. because they took me on German Ridge Road and they kept telling me, do you remember this? Do you remember this? And I honestly can tell anybody, I never went on German, German Ridge Road where her car was burnt. I never went on that road with them. I never went nowhere with Chad and Brandon besides the guy in Dot. And that's the only, when I go on these little escapades and trying to find out where they, you know, their trail and, you know, where we went, I've already done my part, you know, and the only thing I was waiting on was the one, I was going to go to the prison. I was going to go visit Brandon. I was wired up. I was already wired up, ready to do it. And his lawyer stopped it. His lawyer's up to everything. Brandon, to this day, will speak to me for reasons why I don't know. I know why I think he will, because he wants, he, he let it be known right before the trial started that, you know, hey, this girl did not know nothing. Literally. She did not know nothing. I don't know if you got, if you guys got to read that one, but, you know, he has told them the same story from day one that Samantha Burns is somewhere where you just pull off and you dump out her body. That's his exact words, okay? Mm -hmm. And he's never changed that story, never. Not once has he ever changed that story. That's from my understanding from Todd, Todd and all the FBI agents. And he's tried on like his little video, and I don't I remember, I don't know, it was in thinking of 2017, and... That, that was the last time I spoke to Todd, to be honest, besides here and there and, you know, like, it, I, I don't have to go on no more of these little runs in Huntington. And I was doing it quite often to see and try to figure out where really Samantha Burns was put. And to be honest, Chad really does know. Chad knows. Chad knows exactly where Samantha Burns is because I was sitting there in the back seat and, you know, they offered, when they offered me the second unity in 2010, I didn't even look at the paper. I just slid it across my coffee table and I gave it back to Todd. I said, I don't need that. I don't need immunity. And as I told you, I don't know anything about where Samantha Burns is. And Bruce, I'll be tell you, I, I would tell you, I would have took that immunity, okay? I would have literally took my immunity deals and and coughed it up and be like, hey, I would gave up information. Knowing what I know now, I wish I would have just, I wish I would have known something. I wish Brandon would have told me something. I wish, God, I wish that. I wish that his lawyer didn't stop me from going in there and talking to him. Because Brandon was going to tell me in his letters, he told me where Samantha was. I don't know why none of these letters is public. Did you did you ever read those letters? Uh, nope, I've never. They've not made them public at all. That, I, that I'm aware. Four, of. There's four letters. There's four letters that Brandon Basham wrote me, and he was still in Kentucky jail. And this is this is why I I say Brandon has never changed his story. As far as I know, as far as Todd knew in 2017, Tessa, Jeff running all them, they, Chad, 
Chad has gave them just false accusation after false statement after false statement after false statement. Why? You know why? To keep it was to keep his like his appeals up and open. That from my understanding, they're all shut down and he has nothing now to go on to save his life. Yeah, yeah, I think from my understanding, neither one of them does anymore. Yeah, exactly because that's the only reason that I could come up with that anybody that I have spoke with, you know, in the FBI during, you know, this time he's saying that I took her tongue ring out and put it in my mouth. That's just disgusting because I remember at my mom's funeral, I was in prison and I had to literally go to my mom's burial. I didn't go to her, her funeral. They wouldn't let me. I, I didn't go to my dad's funeral. They wouldn't let me. I wouldn't go to my grandma's funeral. They wouldn't let me. They let me go to the burial of my mother. Mm-hmm. And I remember them opening her casket and I kissed her on her cheek. And I remember the coldness that I felt on my mother. I can only imagine if I took a damn tongue ring out of somebody's mouth and put it in my tongue. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just disgusting. And the the person I am, <laughs> I'm not that type of person. I'm not some kind of cold-blooded murderer and just keeping secrets for myself and going to take them to the grave with me. I'm not that type of person. Um, the type of person that I'm very easy to get along with. I'm I'm very like scattered, you know, through my uh, you know medical stuff. That's what's wrong with me, you know. It's a normal to me. It's an everyday thing for me, you know, with the MS and, you know, with the, you know, my pressured speech and, you know, with all my, you know, my medical problems. I don't care what people say about me because it's really none of my business. But all I, I do, when I, I do care about what the Burns family thinks of me because that, that, that right there is a touchy subject for me because when I met them down here in Beaver, at the Beaver State Park, I met Candy, I met Roger, I met Amy, I met her dad, and I forget his name, John, I mean, I think. Yeah. Um, I met all four of them. And I really wish I knew something because the desperation in their eyes, I wish I knew something. I wish that Chad would just tell him, you know, where is their daughter? Because I'll tell you what, I'm from Huntington. I haven't been there since 03, okay? And I can remember every little part of Huntington, every little part. Any little back road, any little side road that was ever made in Huntington, I I remember. And for Chad not to remember where he put a body, or Brandon too—that's just ridiculous to me. Yeah, like that's I, just ridiculous. Uh, I can understand on Brandon's part of it, where he's not, you know, from Huntington, that he wouldn't really know exactly, you know, the roads. But I know, yeah, um, like that's what's kind of—that's a lot of people's questions with that. It's like, you know, Chad's got them to Alice in 2009, but he can't for Samantha, where he's from. Like he's from Huntington. He's not from South Carolina. Right, and you know when all that come out, I, I'm 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 pissed because I can just see him smirking, smirking his little face like he did in my living room when I when I said when the news come on and Chad was in my recliner, Brandon was in on my couch, and my other friend was right beside of me, and I and I said, man, I know that girl's probably dead, and I had just got off work. And I, I didn't know nothing about Tide and them escaping. That was never on the news. That's what I don't get. None of that shit was on the news because I would have seen that because I, I'm a news freak, okay? And that's when that little smirk came up on his face and he leaned up and he said, yeah, she's dead. And, you know, I testified to that because that's the only spoken thing that was ever spoke about Samantha Burns in my house. The only thing. And that was me just watching the news and I had just hung up fires of her at work at Gomart when I was working there. And I was working and they picked me up and in that BMW and I went back home and that the 
that night we watched the news because I I never missed the news, Bruce. I never missed the news. I would have known if these idiots escaped from this jail. I don't know why it wasn't on the news. There's no news footage of it. If you literally, there's none. And I kind of think there was um, there's a documentary they actually done on Alice Donovan. Uh, what was it? Seventy two hours to live. Mm-hmm. But they mentioned, yeah, I watched that. Yeah, they mentioned towards the end when I think it was right after they like was on the lead. It was supposed to be on the news, but like I said, I'm not. I was only thirteen at the time. Now, I will say when they escaped from the Kentucky, it was on Kentucky news. See where, where we was in the tri-state area. It should have been in Huntington, Charleston, and Kentucky, and Ohio news. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they was like right behind their trail. That's what. That's what I was. I asked because I was like, when when I would turn in those letters that Brandon had wrote me, I went down and they set me down because they were going to give me, you know, the reward money or whatever. I was like, I don't want that reward money. I, you know, I don't know where this girl is. That's when they that's their, their suspicion of me. When I'm telling you, Chad is playing out lying to everybody. I mean. I don't know why he has told them that, hey, Beth knows, Beth and Brandon went and rolled her body into the Ohio River. That was one of the things he said, okay? Well, uh, when did uh, Brandon's letters, because if I remember correctly, uh, after they arrested him, I want to say it was November 26th, I think, he mentioned. I believe so. I think that's when he mentioned that Samantha was in the river. That was it, because... Then he was trying to say that Alice was by a cemetery. Um, then something about the belt, or not belt. Um, the strap to the purse? Yeah, the strap to the purse. That how it was all used and everything. And then talking about like stuff like that. Because that was from my understanding was that that's when he first said. But he also said that, you know, they didn't kill nobody. And then he later on, you know, said that they did. But yeah, he gave them, I remember reading, um, I was getting prepped for trial and, you know, I was pissed. I, I, I wouldn't budge for those, none of them. I wouldn't budge. I wouldn't tell them what happened. I wouldn't tell them where I was, where, what, anything happened until I met Jeff, Jeff Burning. And I didn't, to make this clear, I did not sleep with no FBI agent either. Yeah, <laughs> God knows. <laughs> and, the, the the that man was just so nice. He's the only one that I would literally talk to because anybody else I talked to, they wanted to accuse me. Okay, it was first it was about Chad and blah blah blah, and then it would be like, well, we know you know, you, you know, I was literally, I was literally harassed, man, and you know, and it still sucks because. The the man that died, who was he in, in the police department that was on to me in the Burns case? Uh, I know, I know here. Uh, Jim, was it Jim? Trying to think of the last part. That man, that, yeah, that man did not like me whatsoever. He's the one that looked at me and told me that I knew something. Because he did, you know, he's the one that told me, why would a man going on death row literally tell me, that you know where Samantha Burns is. What does he have to lose? You know, I still ask myself that question. Every, every time I'm trying to clear my name or, you know, defend myself against this world, you know, because that's what it seems like. I literally have to defend myself every time I turn around. And it's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling, you know, having people looking at you like, Hey, you know, she, she knows where this dead body is, you know. And it's not the, you know, it's not a good feeling. And it's really brought me down over the years, but, you know, I, I know I, I don't know where Samantha is. I wish I did. If I had any clue where she was, and, and Brandon's letters, man. I can't believe those has not been published. Anything about the courtroom scuffle and all that, because he was telling them where she was. 
God darn these letters. If I can just find those letters and you guys would really understand it. Understand it, probably. I mean, I, and <clears throat> one of those letters, he said it was on, she was on a dirt road, a long dirt road, and it was a deer sign. And it's somewhere you can just pull over and just dump a body. And that's basically all I know is what Brandon has wrote the, in those letters. There was four letters. And there was three letters that I had wrote back to him because they was having me to write him. Write him. They was having me to write him and uh, talk to him on the phone twice. And he kept saying the long dirt road. There was a long dirt road. He don't know where this road is or whatever, but it was in the dark. <clears throat> and he remembers seeing a deer sign. And that was the end of that. I don't know why they didn't take Brandon's word or, or follow up on what he was telling them. I don't really know. I understand why he didn't. Yeah, well, yeah, dirt road, deer, deer crossing sign. That's a lot of West Virginia. Yeah, but uh. for them to find those remains, in my heart, I think it's Samantha Burns. I really do. Because I think I just, I want, want it to be, I haven't, I mean, the remains that they found, I, I really think that's Samantha Burns. Yeah. I really do. I don't know why. Where I told you about, um, where the gentleman that told me that lives in that area, where he said about some unmarked graves, I'm assuming from like the early 1900s, that's what's kind of making me wonder on it. But like when it first, because I found out about those remains before it made news. Like where it broke out on news on Tuesday, I already knew about it yeah. Sunday, and you know that was my hope because it all lines up because you know it's a mile away from where a car was burnt. It's right there, you know. Like it's that's gotta, what it's I was gotta thinking. Be her. And then talking to him, you know, it's still kind of well, it might not be, but if it is, you know, it closes because I've been told that all they found was a piece of a skull. And then another gentleman that. Uh, message me and said they found more than a skull like uh, what was it shoulder blades and another bone they couldn't tell if it was a femur or something else because it had been chewed on so kind of like said we should be because I've heard at least three months it would take to find out who it is and next month will be three months but with the virus and everything going on I don't know if that will delay it right. or what or what will happen but if it is her, you know, that's going to be amazing. You know, it closes the chapter. It would. It would. And I just, you know, before they get executed, you know, I, 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 I pray almost every night, you know, that Chad or Brandon could remember something. You know, this is, you know, it's not it's not about me. And, you know, and that's what I try to tell people, you know, this is, this is not about me. This is about Samantha. This is about Alice, you know. And I never tried to make it about me. I never tried to say, oh, poor, poor me, or, you know, this has been hell. I'm going to be honest. This has been hell. I couldn't imagine losing a child. I couldn't imagine living as a mother without a child, you know, and it breaks my heart. Yeah. It really does. Um, see, that was one thing we were talking about where, like, Chad, like, basically kind of casts the blame out on you with everything because he's told um i know he's told me and i think he might have told her family and stuff too that there was somebody in huntington that could verify that you were with them the night that you know samantha was murdered and all that i forgot uh, see that's what i don't understand is when they come to my house it was around when they pulled up and my mom was picking up my girls, she was on her way to pick up my girls. She picked them up on every weekend. And me and, me and Stacy, we, we, we'd go out and we'd just party or whatever, drink or have a couple of beers or whatever. And my doorbell was ringing and it was ringing so fast. But like, nobody, I thought it was an emergency because nobody rings my doorbell that fast, you know? And I opened the door and I was done. I was like, who are you? You know? I was like, and then I popped my head out the door and I was like, oh, come on in. Because this time, at this time, I really thought Chad had really straightened up his life and was doing better than his, than other, than his other ones or whatever. Cause Ronnie, he was just like 
out there, and you know, Dwayne was getting getting in trouble. You know, Sherry, I don't know really nothing about her. When you know, I know that she was mean to me when she babysat me, but but <laughs> so, yes, um, the. Sorry. And when, you know, I was like, I didn't know who this Tommy dude was. You know, they come in and, you know, told Chad to come on in and he just acted normal. They, he really acted normal, dude. He like, they, they wanted meth and I've never done that kind of drug. And, you know, I was like, well, we can get some power. Why don't y'all? I offered them to stay at my house. I offered them. I was like, y'all can stay here. Y'all don't have to go to no damn motel room, you know? What what bothers me about that is where was Andrea? Where was Tina Severance during this before they come to my house? Because from my understanding, from what all I've read, is Tina got five years, so did Andrea got five years for Edna, Benning, Chad, and Brandon, and that's what I was told. And when I talked to Tina, I, my friend was on the phone with me. She told me that they was at a blue bridge right after they had kidnapped Samantha Burns. Mm -hmm. Tina Severance is in Texas, and Tina Severance, she knows what happened. She's the one that knows something. I'm telling you, this is, I'm getting chills as I tell you this because on that phone, she was telling me, she, she wanted to tell me something because I spoke to her a good, good, almost good hour. And that's when I, I first met Gina, you know, online. And, you know, I, I, I met this other, my really good friend, Mal, you know. And I, I, I reached out to Tina Severance, and I have this notebook. And I was trying to write everything down that she was saying. And I wrote a blue bridge. And I can pull out the notebook, and I can, like, show you what I scribbled down and I was scribbling down so much information that she was giving me and I couldn't put it all together because I know Tina and Andrea for a fact I know those I know they know something because why was Samantha Burns's candy in her van uh, why I think and if I remember because I remember in my in my notes somewhere that I think Tina had told you that she used Samantha's ID to get a hotel in South Carolina. Yes, they, the the idea of Samantha Burns was found on Tina Severance. Yeah. Um, from my understanding, from everything I've read and understood, like, because I know they said Andrea. I know they found they found a uh, Social Security. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. They did find a Social Security card and another ID in. One of my kids' books at my house. Hmm. I found it to be exact, and then the FBI took it. That's when they was like, the FBI. <laughs> and they had said, um, I think it was some car they had robbed or something. I don't know. They found an ID and a social security card in one of my child's books, one of my daughter's fairy tale books or whatever. That's when, you know, they you know, they they kept my house under surveillance for a week. And, you know, Chad kept Chad even told him they was I had a basement and that's where she was. You know? I didn't have a damn basement. I had like a little back area that went under the ground or whatever mm -hmm. and they they dug that shit up. Another thing about my family, you know, it saddens me. It really saddens me. <sighs> because my aunt, she did lie on me. You know, my family, you know, they're all dead. But my aunt, she, they found some bones. I mean, this is the house I'm talking about on Park Street. They found some bones or whatever under her house, and they, they, my aunt literally told them it was Samantha Burns, okay? I don't know where people are getting across. My mom told them that, and my brother, you know, my brother hated me for what I, you know, for even being involved in this stuff. 
you know, my brother literally had, I thought he hated me for all, a lot, many years because, you know, because I involved him because that's where we got the weed, you know? Mm-hmm. And my brother literally on my, on his, on his deathbed, he told me he forgave me because, and he didn't ever think that I was involved. And when I read about, when I heard about the pot, when I heard the podcast, that's wrong. That's wrong. Wherever they're getting information, that's wrong. Because my brother would have never put my name in something like that. Yeah, with, now he, that came, he. Yeah, that came into me actually. That was, I, they heard it from someone else from my understanding. And it was supposedly they said they thought it came directly from him. Or it came from somebody that he talked to or something. That's my understanding of, of that. But I don't know if there's, like I said, any concrete evidence of that with Brandon and Chad doing that. Because I know they said that area was a party site before the DHHR was built there. Yeah. See, we used to we used to party and, like, drag race and shit, like, um, on Fifth Street Hill. Mm-hmm. And that's when Cruz Avenue and everything else was there. I don't know if you remember that, but, you know, I only, I had 13 cousins. They was all guys. I'm, I'm the only girl. And, you know, my brother really looked after me. My brother was like my, <laughs> that's all I had when my mom died, you know? Mm-hmm. And, It, it it's hard to hear stuff that like it like my aunt. I even confronted her on that. I was like, "Why would you tell the police that you know you found some bones and you might think it's some of the bones?" Because they like the drama. They she lived for drama. I mean, God bless her soul, but she lived for drama. Okay, yeah, and 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 my mom. When she did that interview for Channel 3, right, it was right in front of my house. My mom was on the news, and my mom told them, I know my daughter didn't know nothing about this, and that's the truth. I, I didn't know that these fools had killed and raped and killed and then raped again, you know? And that's what was told, that they raped him when they were dead. I don't know if you guys ever heard that, but I've I seen it in writing, Okay. That's what they did. They raped them and they killed them and they hit them in the head and, you know, they did some vicious stuff to these women. They're innocent and that is sick. It's really, really sick. Mm-hmm. And why they would do something like that, I don't know. I wish I could get into their minds. Chad, he blew me away because I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I thought he changed his life when he brought Veronica and his little stepson that, I don't know if y'all know, but I've seen autopsy, not autopsy, I've seen pictures, and I've seen a, one autopsy where Chad had put a spoon, and this was Chad's blood baby. I don't know why this has never been mentioned, but it, there's a lot of things that hasn't been mentioned, and it... it you know, people just get pieces of stuff and then they get, they try to piece it together and it's really the wrong pieces, you know? Yeah, you're talking about the, uh, the baby that, I know I've heard rumors that he did kill his son. He did. Yeah. He did. And like, there was no evidence because. Type thing, like he's like all oh, the kid done it type thing. Like, well, like, the mother of that child would not press charges or would not say anything about Chad. And I don't know, I, I forget her name, but it's been brought up in in the court. Like, I cannot remember her name. But that baby, she literally fell down the steps with that baby in her hands. And, you know, that's what she said, that she fell down the steps and that spoon went down that baby's throat. Now, that spoon didn't go down the baby's throat. You know what happened? Chad kicked that spoon down that baby's throat three times. And that's when the day I was sitting in South Carolina the building or whatever they want to call it, the prep room, where they prep me, and they was throwing all this stuff at me, you know, not like literally throwing it, they was like, this will give you a reason why you want to testify, you know, basically. 
And I was like, I don't know if I want to testify. That's when I was like, I don't know if I should testify or not. I don't want all this media attention. I don't want all this shit. I didn't ask for it. But, you know, I take responsibility. That's one thing that people really never heard me say. As I take responsibility of what happened in my home. And the only reason why I take responsibility is because I allowed them to come in my home. I allowed them to literally just do what they want in my home. I allowed that. I didn't, even though I didn't know anything that they did before they got in my home, I allowed this thing where that I parked, I put my food out in this situation. Nobody but me. I don't blame nobody but myself because I, I, this happened. I, I allowed it. And back then I would not say that, you know, I, I blame on them. And I had so much anger and so much hate for Tad and Tandem. And I, when I learned to forgive, because I had to forgive, even though people may say, why would she forgive? You know, whatever. I had to forgive myself because in the long run, because I allowed them in my home. I allowed all this stuff to be looked up on me like I have the answers and I don't. That mm-hmm. I take responsibility for what I did do. You know, I, what I did do wrong was let those assholes in my house and and partied with them and slept with one of them. And, you know, you know, I didn't know. I cringe today because I, I don't, because what I read when I was getting prepped for trial, I cringe because I know I slept with one of them, you know? Yeah. And the, I cringe. And it makes me, it makes me, like, nauseous. See, that's one thing you mentioned earlier about where you thought about not testifying and stuff. Yeah. yeah, that could be one thing. Like you did testify, you put your name out there that you were, you know, like you said, you brought him into your home and all this. And if you hadn't testified and your name still got out there, then you're probably going to go down the same road because then it'll be like, well, she didn't testify. What is she guilty of? Because she knows something she don't want to be public. Right. So either way, you're basically kind of screwed in that aspect. <laughs> and when they said my reputation was ruined. That hurt my feelings. <sighs> because I'm, I wasn't out to be popular, you know. Yeah. I, I've always been a loner. I've always stayed to myself. I've always, I was abused when I was a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't make friends. I didn't, you know, yeah, I went out on my little spurts and I've had, this is like this has been the wildest roller coaster I've ever been on in my life with Chad and Brandon. You know, that's I wish I would have never took that seat. You know, yeah, cause they're basically because, like even when they, cause I've read that you know they might actually uh, execute them. You know, this year, next year, like soon. I've you know they're actually given dates for some of them, but like just with you being tied into them, you're basically stuck. No matter what, you're yeah. stuck until, well, even if, you know, Samantha's remains are found, you're still, you're still stuck in the story, whether, you know, yeah. once she's found, not a lot of people probably don't talk about it as much, but you're still stuck in the story. Yeah. And it's okay. I mean, I'm okay with whatever people have to say. And that's where I know I've grown so much. <sighs> Because I'll be honest, I'm that type of person that will, I'm genuinely a nice person. And for people to think that I'm hiding something, you know, I'm hiding, especially something like a body of Samantha Burns or her remains, or I'm keeping that secret for Chad, or I'm going by the code. You know, I broke the code. I broke the code of calling the law on them, you know? That was our code. You don't call the law on people. Yeah, technically. I broke, that's where I was, what is it? If you hadn't done that, they would have, you know, probably traveled. Well, they they would have eventually got caught, but they would have probably traveled a few states and been, you know, on the runaround for a while. 
so it's hard to tell what else they would have done in that in that time frame that they were still free. Yeah, and you know, I just keep thinking, like it it really makes me mad. I'm so I'm to even talk about it with you. I found something new about myself just a minute ago. I'm still angry. I'm still angry at the fact that Chad has not told them where she's at. Chad has let this go on, knowing, just knowing he knows. He knows. He knows. One thing. I believe he knows. You know? Yeah, I, like, one thing I noticed, um, well, where he told me the whole Buffalo Creek and all that, at the V-shaped tree and all that, well, I had, I have spoken to his uncle here, uh, recently, because, um, he kind of mentioned, you know, with like Tina and stuff, he's mentioned that she was more involved, but this was according to Chad, but then he also said Chad always said Lavalette. Well, um, everything that he has said with Lavalette, it kind of still lines up with Buffalo Creek, because, you know, Lavalette's not... There is roads that go into Lavalette that goes right into Buffalo Creek. Yeah. There is roads, I mean, it goes inside and out. It's like a maze, and if you know that maze, it... It works out, you know. Yeah. Chad knows that maze. I know the maze, you know, and I can just remember Ridge running all on those roads, you know, with my mom and, you know, my brother and my cousins. You know, we used to just Ridge run, if I'm talking about. And that's just riding old cars down in the mountains, and that's what's Ridge running, and yeah. you know, they would drag race. And, you know, that's the only time, like, on 5th Street, 8th, Street Hill is that's the only time I was ever on those on the in those mountains, you know, is with my mom or with my dad or my cousins, and it was always had to do with cars. And if there was a drag race, I was there. I mean, I was there, but I was just like, I don't know. I mean, Chad, he didn't go to those little events that I went to when I was growing up. Chad, Chad's family didn't do stuff with them, you know. Yeah. As as an outsider looking in on their family. It, as neighbors for many years, I never seen them do a family event, okay? If they had a cookout, it was always a fight. Mm-hmm. And the law was called, and or the kids was beat with a damn pool stick or something, you know? That's just the things that, that always come up. And I don't know. I don't know. We, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't raised to lie i wasn't raised to get in trouble my mom raised me as you know she her profession was a registered nurse she did overdose she didn't kill herself on purpose like she really didn't you know my mom was really bad on pills and that's why i've never ever 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 took a pain pill in my life i've never i never took a pain pill in my life i will not take pain pills i don't do heroin i don't do i've never tried no harder drug than cocaine okay or acid, and I don't know. I don't know why. Like my mom took not took her life, but I don't know why. You know, she was such a good person, and it, I don't know. It could, it could boy, I, like I lost my dad when I was young, but he he was an alcoholic and stuff, and he smoked a lot. So they said it was like his. Smoking, you know, where smoking they say is not good for and stuff and drinking, because he he got he got sick and went in the hospital and he was in ICU for three weeks and he was only forty five years old. They said any normal forty five year old should walk out, you know, in in a week or so, but his main organs wasn't functioning properly and he ended up dying. Which, in a way, you know, he could have you know depression stuff like that. Which I had a a buddy a few years ago that I used to work with. I worked with him for five years and he actually overdosed but well he lost his dad years ago and then he lost his mom like a few months prior but he seemed to be doing good so I don't know if something something else was bothering him or what or he just didn't mean to because he actually had a son and everything with him as well and he was with his brother when it all happened so some of those things you really just don't know, you, you know, you don't know what's going through their head and stuff when all that stuff happens. 
Yeah, I just, I don't get into the, I don't get in, I, don't, I just don't, I really don't even have any friends, Bruce. I don't, I, I choose not to have any friends. I, I choose. I have a small group of friends, but you know, <laughs> my dad always told me, never trust nobody. And Exactly. There's a few people, you know, I can, you know, pretty well trust, but I still have in the back of my head, be like, they could screw me over any moment. But because a lot of a lot of stuff that he told me with that, it's actually proven to be true. So that's why I'm kind of always leery of of my situation and people around me, like constantly. Even if I don't think nothing's going to happen, I'm still leery of it. Because you know, yeah. Every time I'm around a group of people, something always comes up about Samantha Burns. <laughs> I mean, there's not a time I can't not say it has not happened because. It has. It, it's a, and then that's when people. That's why I choose not to even have no friends, <laughs> mm-hmm. because people are so judgmental, and some people, not everybody, but you know. We're well, West Virginia. Like I'm from a little. Town. <laughs> I'm even judgmental on things, you know, and I I can't, and I understand why people, you know, honestly, understand why people think the way they think about me like you know been judgmental towards me i i can take the criticism i can take i can take about any of it but what i don't understand i just don't understand why why people would literally believe chad and that's what i i mean believe him and that's what i even told todd Todd Barry, I was like, why do y'all believe him? And this is when the day that I finally had some peace, a piece of heart. And he looked at me, he said, Beth? And I, and I was in the back seat of, of his cruiser. And I was like, I was like, why don't, why don't y'all believe me? You know? And when he looked at me, he pulled over and he looked at me and he said, Miss McGuffin, we do believe you. 